There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the do I. Hello and welcome to the Power Chord Hour. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you with another episode of the podcast and the radio show. And uh, it has been quite a while, but we have a uh, in-studio guest. And uh, same as last time, our first in-studio guest. And he is back again like, damn, I, it's, it's I think, almost been, it's not entirely a year, but I mean, it's been, it's been I think, like eight or nine months. But uh, Joey Cobra who uh, you may know, pop-punk musician. We uh, talked last time. He released his Fever Dreams EP. We talked about that uh, back in July of last year. And, uh, yeah, so he is back. We're going to talk about his music, what he's been up to, and probably music in general. We're, we're just going to have a good time. It's fun to have a uh, in-person guest finally. And, uh, yeah, man, how, how you doing? Good, good. Um, thanks for having me on again. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a crazy nine months since uh <laughs> since you last had me on i've had a lot of stuff going on so uh but i'm looking forward to uh being here and talking about music yeah so i mean really you were last time we talked to you like i said fever dream ep was out yeah your second one was not out yet so well i guess i'm jumping forward but i mean like musically and stuff yeah like what were you up to the rest of uh, last year yeah so in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> basically uh you know, once once lockdown hit, that's when I, uh, you know, I t- and I talked about it the last episode. Um, I, I sat down and recorded uh, the Fever Dream EP. And um, then around the time that I was releasing that, um, my buddy Chris Bell, who has recorded and produced um, a lot of my music, actually most of the music that I've ever done in my life, um, he got back to me about this EP that we kind of, uh, we started in 2013 and, um, he said that it was done and sent me, uh, sent me the masters. And then that ended up being released, I believe in September, August or September. Yeah. I think it was a few, if I remember, it was like a few months after you were on, not, yep. not too long after. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that one has got, because it was done, you know, nine years ago or <laughs> eight years ago or whatever, uh, Jeez. it's got a very different sound from, uh, the fever dream EP, which I did completely by myself. Um, but it was something that I didn't think would ever actually end up being released. And, um, it's cool now to just kind of have it out and have, um, two releases, you know, exist and be released in the same year after I think the Wake um, album in 2014. I think that was the the last uh, music that I had Jeez. released before this year. So, yeah, it's been kind of uh, interesting cool. year musically. I, I like, um, like, like bringing that up. What I liked about the EPs, and it makes sense now, as you said, it was done like years before, they're not totally different where I'm like, oh, you went like a whole different direction, but they're different enough where I'm like, oh, good. Like you didn't because I feel like if you had just written, say, a full length's worth and then cut it up into two EPs mm-hmm. it might sound repetitive, may sound a little 
too much of the same. Right. You right. know, so I kind of that makes sense that that it was like coming because, again, it doesn't sound totally different. You're still kind of doing the pop punk like skate punk thing. Yeah. But it's like, OK, it's not just a continuation. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Did you had you even remembered like it sounds like he just kind of brought that to you. Like, did you did you remember doing that or anything? It was just kind of out of the blue. <laughs> it was like getting released. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, it was it was this. uh this basically a project that um you know i didn't have any real like goals or deadlines in mind and it was something that ended up being um this this kind of uh painstaking process where i would record with him and then like you know, we, he would he would do some mixes and stuff, and then we'd kind of forget about it. And then a year later, he'd send me some mixes, and I would be like, "Well, this guitar sounds weird, so I got to re-record the guitar." And so then it was like it just kind of turned into this whole process that was like, uh, it 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 kind of lost the vision, and I I, I was way overthinking it. And, um, so then, you know, it, it just turned into this thing where every, every couple of years he would like, he'd be like, Hey, you remember this? Here's some, here's the last thing that I have. And, uh, I would be like, yeah, it's just not there. It's not where I want it to be. Cause it was such a personal project for me and the, so- the songs and the concept were, were so like, I guess, vulnerable in a way that I don't think that I had done before. And, um. So it was, I feel like it was almost me like kind of putting it off because I was too scared to like release it, you know? And, um, so then finally this year he, I, I, you know, had kind of given up on it and was just like, well, you know, it was something that I kind of had worked on, but, um, you know, I doubt that it'll see the light of day. And then he, um, he sent me the mixes and I was like, you know what? I've, I've had enough growth in my life and kind of musically to, to be able to appreciate what I had done. And, um, you know, I was, I was really happy with the end product and I think it's, you know, something that I'll be proud of for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I, I really like it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, as people do, you're like writing it and stuff during the time. And after a while you do, if you, I feel like you spend too much time, it, you start overanalyzing and everything. You, yeah, if you way overthink it, like it's, I mean, it's like anything, you know, if you start, if you get in your brain about it, you become <laughs> your own worst enemy. So, you know, it it was good to kind of look at it with, or listen to it with fresh ears and just kind of appreciate it for what it was. Do you do that with music? Like, do you, do you feel like if you go back and listen to like older stuff that maybe you haven't released or, or even records that you have, do you, do you like, as time go on, get less critical of yourself? And once you're like a little more removed from it, you kind of go like, oh, okay. Like I was either like that, either overthinking it or like I was look, I didn't have fresh ears or whatever. Like you do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of in the sense that like, uh, you know, when you, when you do say you do like a drawing or something, or you write a, an essay or something or a story as a kid. And then like, as an adult, you go back and look at it and you're like, <laughs> you know what, this isn't, uh, this isn't so bad from, you know, for what I had the skill to do at that time. So, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I still go back to, uh, the old, uh, 
Itchy Boy and the Cobras songs and say like, wow, these really sound like dog shit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for what it was, you know, you, you kind of have that, that, you know, uh, removal from your brain of like, well, I should have played this note instead of this note. It's so like you're yeah, you're kind of yeah. like you're taking a step way far away and, and kind of seeing the whole picture. And you know you ha- you aren't so f- you're so closely attached to it. You know you it's almost like looking at it as a different person. That makes sense. I, I even like recently I uh, have been like doing stuff like throwing music ideas back and forth to a friend like online. I was going back looking at like old GarageBand demos. And I do that where I go, I, I kind of start something and go, something's missing here. Like, oh, it yep. needs this and that. And then I go back and listen four years later when I'm just like, oh, who gives a shit? I'm just going to send this to a friend. So you think, and all of a sudden you go, what was that? Like, what was my problem? This yep. is the whole, the whole song's here. Like, what yep. was my issue here? Yeah. You're always going to be the the person who's the most critical of yourself, no, yeah. no matter what. I mean, anytime it involves creativity because it's such a subjective thing that, you know, you're the one that's, that's in your brain about it the most and, and saying like, well, this isn't, this isn't good enough or this, this doesn't, you know, match what I had in my head of what it should be. Is that hard? Like when you were doing like say wake, or I mean, just in a band setting, is it hard to you to bring ideas to other, because you do need that. You do need Mm -hmm. someone else to be like, this is good, this is bad, but then at the same time, it's also sometimes hard to be like, yo, like, here's the thing I'm working on, you know? I mean, uh, I guess it just depends. Um, For other projects, um, I think if I'm writing specifically for that project, I try not to second-guess myself. So with Wake, um, a lot of it was just me coming up with riffs, bringing it to the band just kind of you know at practice um saying like oh, i kind of came up with this guitar part or this bass line or whatever and you know kind of jam it out a little bit and then you know record a little phone memo of <laughs> what we were doing and then take it home and say like okay so here's here's part of what we could turn into a song and then kind of um figure out how to like write a chorus to that or maybe it's a chorus and figure out how to write a verse to it or maybe it's a bridge and I can kind of create a verse and a chorus or whatever just um kind of have that bounce off of the band so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like I painstakingly wrote this entire song (laughs) and then and then brought it to them and they were like this this isn't good um (laughs) but you know, I, I don't think that there really was a time during Wake that I really was concerned about, you know, what what they thought, you know, was going to be good or bad. It was just like, what do we, does it sound like something we'd play or not? <laughs> or is it cool or is it not? You know, it was just yeah. kind of, you know, try not to overthink it then. But it's when it's your own kind of personal project, then it's then of course you're going to be in your head about it. You know. You, so I, I take you're still doing it now with because you are. I mean, you're you're the one doing it. I mean, I guess also going down that. Are you, have you been working on music lately? Have you been doing much of that since? Uh, I guess since we last spoke. Yeah, actually. Um, I mean, the last time that I was on, I was actually demoing for um, 
my follow-up EP. I remember that, the, the third one, right? The, yeah, the Fever Dream EP. Um, so it was um, basically I, I had all of the songs, like, I don't know, 80 to 90% demoed. And um, then, you know, once we had our baby, then basically all of that kind of went on the back burner. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. And um, so now I've been kind of like re-listening to the demos and making notes and saying like, okay, well, this song maybe needs to change uh, the key and maybe this needs to, you know, be a little bit faster, a little bit slower or, you know, kind of taking mental notes as as far as to how to treat the songs. But the songs are completely done. The songs are 100% written. It's just... uh, kind of figuring out how to treat the songs and record the songs as well is it i I guess for you which one is harder getting the entire song done or getting it like recorded and like getting it out the way you kind of have it you know in your head or the ideas that you want it to sound like Mm. uh i guess it depends on how much time i have um if i've got a couple hours to um sit down and write a song and usually it's very rare that I will sit down and like write a song and it's completion the whole thing with, in one sitting. especially when it when it comes to like lyrics I will um I'll, I'll have um I've got a bunch of notes in my phone of just if I start thinking of lyrics kind of in a in a certain rhyme scheme or a certain cadence I'll write those down and then um I'll worry about how to fit that those into a song later because naturally if you if you kind of write certain things with a certain kind of percussion and um, a certain timing and a certain rhyme scheme in mind, usually they'll fit, especially with punk rock. Yeah, you know, you're playing four chords; it it'll fit, you know, somewhere in there. Um, and then I will um, I'll sit down and and write music separately, and then kind of go over the lyrics that I have written and and figure out which ones will fit this song um, or I'll just come up with with like a new melody and new lyrics to it that's pretty hard um, but I think I think recording is harder yeah. considering <laughs> considering how many songs I've written over the past 15 years and how many songs I've been able to record over the past 15 years, I would say recording is probably the harder part, especially when you're doing it yourself. I feel that way. I mean, it seems like it's very easy to kind of, not easy, but you can bash out something if you feel creative where it's like, hey, I have this, but then it's like to actually make it sound, and not just like a shitty demo on your phone or just just a demo in GarageBand, to actually make it sound halfway decent. Like, I got to put time and effort in. Exactly. That ends up taking longer than writing the song does. Shitty demos all day long, (laughs) you can do it. You know, that's not a problem. It's the the formal, you know, like this is what's... This is what's going to be shown to the public. You know, you got to put it up, put the tuxedo on and got to drop the quality like the like it needs to just be the norm now is everyone just uses like voice memos on their iPhone to record an album. And that's just, you know, I feel like Matt Skiba did that. He like released an EP or something like that that was just called Demos 
Wasn't that a yes, thing? Yes, there's a but I bought I bought that at Warp Tour yeah. 2010. Yeah, I remember yeah. that there's like a is it a Ducati, like his motorcycle or whatever on the front of it, but it is all demos. Yeah, yeah. That, that would make total sense because yeah. the the vocals, I haven't listened to that in a long time because it is called demo, so it's not really something you want to listen to a ton. Yep. But that was one of the things I remember. The the vocals sound kind of low in the mix, and that would make total sense that those were yeah. those were voice memos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I mean, I guess, you know. If you're famous, enough, he got my you ten bucks a warp it. tour. So I mean, <laughs> exactly. I don't think he he's hurting for ten bucks either, though. He's got that blink money now. <laughs> oh see, see back then, see 2010. He had to sell that back yep. back then before the blink money. Yep. He had to send a he had to sell his voice memos. Now, oh boy, no, no, yep. no, no. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I know, and, and you mentioned a second ago too. Art. I mean, besides doing music, you also do art. Have you been uh, doing a lot of that as well? Um, yeah, when I can, uh, after my daughter was born, I, uh, spent a lot of time doing like digital art and kind of teaching myself how to, uh, draw digitally on my iPad. Um, so now that's like, my iPad is like my new best friend because I'm not only recording music on it, but (laughs) draw like doing all my art on it and stuff too. So, um, I did a lot of that and then I've just been trying to kind of slowly incorporate, uh, more painting when I can. I, I mean, I can't draw to save my life, so I don't. I don't know, but it seems like it would be difficult. Honestly, maybe more difficult painting on like an iPad. Was that hard to to do, or is it a pretty easy crossover? If you can paint by hand, you can paint with an iPad. Um, you know, I uh, I ended up getting um, like the Apple pencil, and oh, okay. um, you know, they make this. Uh, this is just this random art thing, but they make like a, uh, screen protector, but it's textured like paper. And so oh. when you drag the pencil across it, it kind of feels paper. like you're drawing on paper. And, um, you know, once you, once you learn the program, it ends up being, uh, very similar. It's the same process, but it's quicker. It's like, once you learn the shortcuts and everything, mm-hmm. instead of like, drawing a circle and then having to like erase with a eraser and redraw it it's just like you know you just tap and the whole thing's gone and you can redraw it or That'd like be easier yeah yeah so it's like you don't have to like get out supplies or anything so like she would um she would need to eat you know every couple of hours so i would like stay up nights and draw my ipad and you know feed her every couple hours and stuff and um it ended up being being a process that um, I really enjoy, and I am going to kind of continue to work into my everyday art life um, for a while. I think. Nice. Yeah. They. Uh, I mean, it's not in here, but we do have a calendar in the other room. I know of your art. Mm-hmm. I, I, was that digital art? If you know the one I'm talking about, it's all birds. Yeah. Okay. If it's the. Um, well, I mean, I don't know how many calendars you release, so I don't know. I release one every year. Oh, okay, and nice. It's always birds. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and this year, twenty twenty one happened to be digital bird illustrations. I like those. Yeah, I like thank those. You. They're in the. It's not in this studio, but in the other room we have them. And uh, yeah, the, those are neat. I always like seeing every every month when they flip it to the next one. Yeah, yeah. But, that's cool. That it is. That that iPad is a is a workhorse. I mean, last time you were here, talking about recording an entire EP on the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. That was um that was definitely a learning process. And I think, uh, I, you know, I would spend. There were some days where I would spend six to eight hours um, working on on recording. And um, I think uh, 
I've kind of tried to reconsider what the process is going to be for the next EP. I've thought about possibly going to a studio um, or, you know, traveling to a different studio. And then I'm like, well, you know, I could do it myself and, you know, then maybe like send it out to get mixed. Kind of like figuring out where to allocate those funds. Well, that's a weird thing now, too, because you can do it where like, it's not like you have to go in and have someone master it, someone produce it, someone mix it. You can literally just go, well, I'll do everything yep. but master it, or I'll do yep. everything but mix it. And even exactly. production, like you can have someone produce it and not even – you just send them things and right. they'll produce it. So it is kind of neat how now it's like I can just kind of pick and choose. But at the same time, then more options, that's also kind of stressful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I mean, I guess the perk of like having someone else mix it and then having a different person ma- uh, master it is – um, you've got just different sets of ears, um, being able to give the, the appropriate amount of, of kind of attention to all of the little details as opposed to if you're, if you're like, and it's the same with painting. If you're kind of in, in it and you're like totally in your head about it (laughs) and you're trying to juggle all of these different things, you're not going to be completely objective about the art that you're making um you know and and you can go and mix it and do and do all these things and then like you go listen to it a couple weeks later and you're like whoa these drums are way too loud what the hell was i thinking and like if it all it takes is you just give it to another person and they're like this is how this is how these levels are supposed to be just you know that's how these types of things are supposed to sound so um it's easier especially for somebody who didn't go to school for recording at all and (laughs) is just kind of like learning all of these things as I go along um you know sometimes it definitely uh there's a benefit to having professionals kind of take a look at what you're doing and and be able to uh give you help you with the vision that you had in mind I'm more of that I mean I I talk to people who you know, I mean, people are recording in nice studios. People are just recording at home. Like every every different thing in twenty twenty one, you can record an album so many damn different places. Different it's a wild ways. world, yeah. But like my whole thing, and you can self produce. And there has been. I'm not saying everything that comes out self produced is not good. Like like I like your EP. You self produced that Fever Dream. Yeah. But I do think having an outside, even if it's not a producer, just having an outside source like you're saying, even if it's just someone mastering it and someone mixing it. I think if you're all, if it's all insular and it's only you, or even if it's just you and the four other people in your band, I, j- I do. I think that becomes a problem because you need outside ears sometimes yeah. to be like, mm-hmm. get the hell out of your head. Either go get out of your own way yeah. or go, hey, man, like maybe, maybe this isn't as great as you like think yeah. it is, you know, for, e- for either, either direction of that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like in art school why they have art critiques where you bring your painting and, um, you know, everybody kind of talks about it and they're like, yeah, yeah. This sounds scary. (laughs) It's pretty scary. Um, but I mean, there's, there's times where it can be constructive and times when it can be like, kind of like hazing. Um, (laughs) but for the most part, it's supposed to be this thing. So that can help you grow. It's like, 
other people with with their own kind of perspectives giving you feedback about the art that you made so it's it's the exact same thing it's just kind it of sounds like, extremely helpful it just like yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking like again yeah just putting it on display for everyone has to be well, yeah when you're young it is kind of intimidating it's but. probably good though too after you have that it's one of those things it's like Really don't give a shit when you're out after yeah. that like that probably helps mm-hmm. you with your art in, yeah. in a lot of different ways exactly it's good to be able to take feedback and take criticism as far as making things on the ipad which is more difficult making a painting or making an ep oh man <laughs> um and the way you're describing it, i thought it was the ep but i mean i haven't i've done neither on on and again i can't paint to save my life so yeah i gotta ask you <laughs> um i i would say they're both they're both pretty time consuming. I mean, it just depends on how complex you're trying to go. You know, you can, you can spend months or years on one piece of art. You can spend months or years on one song or one, one EP. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can overcomplicate or undercomplicate, uh, and anything, any piece of art. So that that, I feel like that's a modern day trap too. Cause the more I realize when I talk, including like older people for like anniversary. I'm like, Hey, let's talk about an album you recorded like 25 years ago when you still get like studio time. The more I think I'm learning is the less money you have and the more you're pushed to just get an album out in like a weekend or something. A lot of times the results are better. Like, because they didn't have that. Now we have as many channels as you want, as many tracks as you want, yep. as long as you want to do it. And that that's the pitfall. It's good. I mean, that's that's extremely good. Obviously, that in that way that's more accessible, it's awesome. But at the same time, it's like so many people I think fall into that where it's like you're because you have so much time to spend on your art, you get in your own, you know. I mean, we we keep talking about it, but right. yeah, kind of getting in your own way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um I mean, I I I hear about bands that like um, used to book studio time for, you know, like a week, maybe two weeks or something. And, uh, they were like, we didn't even have any lyrics written. And then we just showed up like, um, I think it was, uh, Dillinger four. I was listening to an interview with, with them and, uh, um, they were saying how, uh, they, they just didn't write lyrics. They had like kind of vocal like melodies or whatever. And then they would go to the studio and in the studio as they're like recording, they would like go and like write lyrics down. (laughs) That honestly blows my mind with them because there's some bands where if you told me that I may be like, yeah, that makes sense. But with them, they're like so socially conscious. There's all these Mm -hmm. messages. You know what I mean? Like they're very deep songs. When you read Dillinger four may be one of the most underrated. I don't know who in the band writes lyrics. If it's, patty or one of the other dudes but like i think they both do they're gene like when you really take back because halftime you can't understand what they're singing at the time yeah. if you yeah. go get the liner notes and you yep. read their lyrics they're some of the smartest like and you wouldn't know from the song titles and just the band's antics but yeah they're they're like geniuses the shit they're talking about they're they're yeah a, one of my one of my favorite bands their lyrics are are really really like just smart and heartfelt and you know they they're the what makes them awesome is they're like they're so real you know like in an accessible way they're not like um like trying to be anything except for exactly what they are so you know they're they're in my opinion one of the greatest punk bands of all time do you, do you think they have another good, uh, really good record in them? I know I, it's been so long, and they mm-hmm. always tease it, but I'm like, they're a band I think will come out with something good. I'm, there's some bands I worry about after years. 
Yeah. I think they could still put out a good record. Yeah, I don't think that they I don't think that they're capable of putting out a bad record. I and to be honest, I I am the type of fan that even if it was a bad record, I would still think it was good, you know. <laughs> I I, I like, do that. I made a list of uh some some bands that I um that might be that are probably recording that are either definitely recording or are like kind of have talked about recording and um i was thinking about adding a list of bands that i wish would be recording too (laughs) and uh, dillinger four and uh like hit the switch i would say are never heard hit the switch hit the switch they're um they're from california but they're i I probably brought them up the last time because i'm a big fan of theirs were they Um, in that playlist you sent me yeah yeah they've got um it's a song called north star um off of their latest album entropic which came out i think it came out in like 2018 but they were a band that kind of went like 10 years or something without releasing an album and um it's i so I'm hopeful that they end up recording, but I'm like, please don't let it be another ten years because you guys are way too good to, you know, not yeah. put out music. So that's the same with Dillinger Four. It's like even if we get another album, it's like, okay, where are we going to wait now? Another like, we'll get that one, and that's like, all right, now we got to wait like another ten, fifteen years, and we'll yeah. get it. and yeah. we'll get album six. That's yeah. the thing. You for they've been a band, I think, since like. I mean, they, they've been a band way longer than you realize because even yeah. Midwestern songs wasn't like they had EPs and stuff before that. So like even Midwestern songs being their first album, I think was like four or five years into being a band. Like they right. had those mutant right. pop singles and stuff like and I think totally different band, kind of more like a more of a silly pop punk band. I think I think yeah. Midwestern is where they got more of that that seriousness, but they are yep. si- they're just such a band, and I mean, I can talk about D4 all day, so move yeah. on, but they are, like, <laughs> out to this day, like, I'm listening to Dillinger 4 song, and again, because you won't understand what they're singing, but all of a sudden, one line will hit you, mm-hmm. and then, like, to this day, I'll still, I can look up the lyrics whenever, but, like, I'll still look them up, and as I'm reading them, I just go, my God, like, they're geniuses. Yeah. Have you listened to the um, the latest Dave House um, album? No. Where... He, it's like a split. It's like kind of like a split. Oh, the Patty Patty. Yeah, I've not listened to it. I oh, heard it and I thought it was a great concept. It. Oh yeah, you got to listen to it because the the Dillinger Four songs that he that he covers, it's like it's so haunting. The the treatment. Are they stripped down? Or are they like a? Coo- yeah, yeah. They're okay, like, so you can hear the lyrics. Yeah, now. yeah. And it's like Dave House kind of like crooning these lyrics, and uh, you know, it's I. It's kind of crazy just the the context of of having these lyrics kind of put over this like kind of sad, you know, acoustic with like maybe a piano accompaniment yeah. and everything. It totally kind of gives it a completely different vibe and and you realize the seriousness of the and the heaviness of the lyrics and it's it's so awesome and especially the way that that Patty writes like in that real yeah. kind of way, you know. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I definitely think that if you're if you're a Dillinger Four fan and a, and a Dave House fan, you definitely I'll have check. to check that out. I knew it came out, but yeah, I'll be honest, I've I've forgotten to ever listen to it. I thought the concept was awesome. I'm like, that's a great idea for like yeah. they. Uh, I and I think we talked about this last time. But I can't remember if it was on air or not, but it goes back to the idea too of. If you're just a good songwriter, like you look at Dillinger 4, they're so abrasive. Those songs, you know, 
the lyrics are genius, but they're not right in your face like that because you yep. can't hear them half the time. But yeah. it's a good. They're just good songwriters because if you strip, you can strip the songs back like that, and they're still genius. Like yep. I, I don't remember. I think we talked about like Joey Cape doing the one week and different things like that, where you yeah. start stripping it back, and it's like holy shit, these like. 90s punk songs that are like fast and juvenile all of a sudden you strip them back and you listen to them more and you go no that's like a really that's just a good song like yeah yeah and i think um i think that that um that just goes to show like joey capes ethos of you know if you have a good song it's going to work no matter what format you're you're playing it in and you know if you've got a song that only works like when you're playing it at 220 bpm you know maybe you should maybe you should like reconsider like what you're what you're doing you know so and and that's that's as far as listening goes but like live shows you know you can kind of when there's energy and stuff you know then it's then it's you know it's totally different hit you have you ever caught dillinger for live or no yeah i saw them um when they were touring with no effects in Cleveland. Oh, so like oh. more of the past few years. Uh, man, it was. I mean, it was like the last decade, I guess I should say. It may have been the last okay. decade. Just because I, I don't know if you ever heard this, but like, I don't know if there's a band that I've heard crazier stories of their shows, like back in like the nine, like back yeah. in the heyday. Yep. I've heard things I'm not even going to talk. I won't even like repeat on here. Yep. I've heard insane things happen that I go, that didn't happen at a show until you get seven different people telling you no. They did, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. just, it's it's insane. So I had to ask, but no, you probably got the more tame. They were uh, tame. It was it was just after Civil War had come out. So oh, okay, I think at that point, I think a lot of, they were eight two thousand eight was that shit. Yeah, I think that was God. It's been a long time. Yeah, I think yeah like so eight within the past two decades. Okay, <laughs> I I, did, I uh, you know, and I I was a terrible Minnesotan. I lived in Minneapolis and missed them every time they played because every oh show would sell God. out. Yeah, they sold out every time. And then I missed D Fourth of July, which made mm-hmm. me sad because that's yeah. the whole reason to even move to Minnesota to go to D Fourth. Exactly. Yep. Go to D Fourth of July. Yep. But uh, actually, you know, it's kind of. Did you say you have a list there of like bands recording right now? Do you, do you have a? Couple? I've got a. It's a short list. I mean, I made a list of uh, kind of like albums that i've been super into the past i want to talk about that five years and then um a couple of bands that i've been into that i know are recording Um, what are some anticipated albums for you this year so i'm pretty sure rehasher is um oh recording yeah yeah which you know roger i don't think he can do wrong either like that he's such a dude so um he's a good producer too yeah yeah um Rehasher, um, this band called Discomfort Creature. So have you ever heard of the Gamets? I've heard of the Gamets. Yeah, they're from like the 90s, right? The Gamets? Yeah, I think they probably started in the 90s. Um, like an old school punk band. Chris Fogel, they were like a pop punk band. Um, Chris Fogel, uh, he's got a recording studio called Black and Bloom. From They're in like Denver. And um, so he started a new band. He's like... He doesn't do he's he does like all of these weird like random bands that are like it's like let's just get together and record one album and <laughs> you know then like we'll in five years we'll do another thing so um, I think in 2014 he 14 or 15 he re, uh, recorded um, under the band Dwayne and they released like one album 
and it's uh, him and the dude from uh, Layman Terms and a couple other guys, but they just recorded this super rad album and then, like, never... They, like, I think they toured on it for, like, a year with the Gamets and then um, didn't really do anything else with it. And so he's got a new band with some other musicians called Discomfort Creature, and I haven't heard any any demos or previews of songs but like because it's chris vogel I, I know it's gonna be really sweet he's just got an, an awesome ear for music so um i know that's gonna be great no effects is probably coming out with yeah, yeah. uh like two albums maybe because i know that um they just released single album yeah, it just came out um and this the i fat mike has been saying that it was a double album. That's what I keep hearing. So he had like, you know, 23 songs or something, then cut it down to 10. So then there's like these 13 songs that don't exist on anything. So, you know, that might end up being an album, but then they're also in the studio right now recording or, yeah, doing uh, that, like, or a live thing, I think where they're like yeah. recording it live online or something. Yeah. Or they're doing like rehearsals live and then maybe they're going to record in like a month or something like some, that it I'm was something sure. like that all i know they're is up they, to something they released now i'm like two weeks ago and all of a sudden they're like yeah we're like up you know we're like doing it again what's funny is they also did you hear the frank turner split with yeah them? i did that that's another interesting one so that one actually got recorded after single album they had oh, really? single album i i am pretty sure oh, single no. album got recorded and then they were like well let's let's do a split with Frank Turner and put that out. So they had this recorded, then recorded the Frank Turner split, put that out and then put out single <laughs> album. So like the, I know that they have been sitting on the songs for a while. That makes sense too. Cause I know some of those songs on single album were part of those like 45s they were doing like the fat, like record of the month or whatever yep. they revived that. And I know some of those songs yep. were part of it and that's like a year or so old. So that makes sense. Now that you say yep. that like the timeline of the Frank Turner thing. Yep. Did yep. you have you I you've checked out the new No Effects, have you? The new record? Yeah, yeah. Um it's gonna take me probably a couple more listens to be able to like um actually kind of sit down and, and appreciate all like all of the songs in yeah. their entirety. Cause you know, they released things, they released like a couple of the songs early as like music videos and stuff yeah. so i i had heard those and then like when the album came out of course i was like i go to listen to it and i'm like well i've already heard this one song so i gotta like listen to all the new ones <laughs> yeah. and then like kind of you know it's it'll probably be another like four or five listens through before it kind of really sticks into my brain i gotta listen to it i think more i i initially the first listen I'm not huge on it. I normally love No Effects. Like last record, Last mm-hmm. Ditch Effort, Self Entitled. Both of those I thought were some of the best in a while. This one I, I do. I think I should probably listen to more. I'm not as. Uh, it's different though. It also doesn't sound like a traditional No Effects in a lot of ways. I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, I think it for is. these songs, he kind of, uh, you know, and he's said this, you know, a, a few times before about, you know, not wanting to do something that's been done before so i think that there's a lot of a lot of things on there that are just that are different because i mean he's there's no other band that's done that so like he's like all right well let's have a song that you know none of the none of the uh measures have are the same (laughs) and so like you know the first song is just like all of these weird 
It's like seven you know, minutes long too, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a long. Yeah. It ain't linoleum. It ain't like right. two, three minutes. It's it's long. And it kind of it kind of drags on and it and it builds and everything. And so, I I was just listening to uh, to him the other day talk about how he was like, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to play that song live because <laughs> like no none of the notes are the same measure. So. You yeah. know, it's like so it's you're just kind of making it up as you go along. So it's kind of like it's kind of weird to follow a song that there's not not traditional like four four rules, you know, not a straightforward like punk song. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of the songs, I think there's like kind of funky chord progressions and like weird timings and stuff. And, and I think that they're kind of in this stage of their career where they're trying to really break outside of the box and I, I'm looking kind of what f- I got from it I'm look, I'm looking forward to to hearing like what they have in the future because oh, um, yeah. I think that this is kind of a, a cool and interesting way to go and um, you know as time goes on you kind of like hone your skills so like yeah. as they're as they're branching out and doing all these you know kind of different, non-traditional things i think it's going to be um result in a really kind of cool situation a really cool sound you know five or ten years from now yeah well and with them with them too i don't feel like they're a band you have to worry too much about going down too many avenues where they're gonna change their sound entirely like even though this one's different they're not a band where i go oh well the next one's gonna be even more experimental like i feel like they're a band who may do it a little on a record or on a couple songs but I feel like at the end of the day, no effects will always be no effects. Like if you yeah. don't like this record, yep. I'm sure they're going to make one you're going to like in right, a couple of years. Right. Well, that also I kind of gets me into this uh, this idea of like uh, you know how like people say they like Blink 182, but nothing after Dude Ranch, even though like that <laughs> album came out like twenty something years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm like maybe you just don't like Blink 182. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. It's like at some point, you bring up a good point because there are bands, but I I think I talked about this sometime recently on the podcast, and it's like it also is a testament, though, to how good maybe one or two albums are. But if you're a fan of one, like I question that I'm a fan of Weezer because I go, I used to, like when I first got into them, I I was young, so I really started paying attention around like make-believe. Like I'm not some, I wasn't listening to them when Blue Album came out. Yeah. But as I get older... All I listen to is Blue Album and Pinkerton. So yep. at some point, I have to go, not screw Weezer. I have to go, me personally, am I a fan of a band if I go, I don't like anything they've done since 1995? Like, yeah. it's not them. It's probably <laughs> me. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, like I acknowledge that. It's yeah. like, maybe yeah. I just don't like that band. Maybe I like one album. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine, too. There's a lot of bands where, more realistically, you're not a fan. You just like that one record. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That, that's a good point with, like, Dude Ranch, because it is. It's like, after after a bit, it's like... Dude, they haven't had the same drummer in like twenty something years. Yeah, like, yeah. I think you just don't like Blink. Yeah. They've been a band longer now than, or it's been more time now than you know than that album has come out. Yeah. <laughs> than like they existed before. You know, I mean, they we changed were, their. I was talking to Blink drummer. with some guests recently, and I mean, I think at this point we figured out too. Like, even in terms of that, it's like. Blink without Tom has been around as long, or if not longer, than the reunion. Once they reunited with Tom, like he's been out longer than he came back at this point. You know, like like you start looking in terms of time, yeah. And it's like, oh yeah. shit, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? 
How about, uh, you know, going back to like last year, what were you at, at the end of the year? What were like some of your favorite albums of 2020? Let's see. Um, that's tough because. Um, it was a great year for music, too, which yeah. I, for obvious reasons, everyone had time. But uh, I feel like at the end, we actually got a lot of good music. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got this this list of uh, of albums and, and things that I thought were like the most recent um, albums that had come out this year. But, you know, there was a few that were like 2019 that I was like, what? How was, you know? <laughs> How's the an entire year passed since oh, that's it's come easy. out? So um I know uh the much the same, the new much the same. Oh, album. I haven't heard that yet. And I love that's a good that's a good just pop punk band. They're yeah, they're they're kind of they reunited and put out an album. That one came out in two thousand nineteen actually. Um, oh my god. Oh I that mean, one is yeah. Don't that feel bad. I didn't know it came out two yeah, years ago. Yeah. That one is really great. Um this uh pop punk band called the fizz gigs came uh released an album in 2020 um that one's very interesting and i like their name because it's uh i want to say it's the name of the little creature from the dark crystal like the have you ever seen that movie no i know it's it jim is, henson it's like live action but with puppets yeah, right yeah there's like a little like creature and i want to say his name is fizz gig but um so they're they've got a really cool album um, it's called We Are the Fizz Gigs. So check that out. 2019, um, Menzingers came out with Hello Exile. Good record. And um, I really wasn't into the Menzingers um, until that album came out. I All think right. it was just one of those bands that I just, I had maybe heard a couple songs and I was like, well, it's not my thing. And then that album came out and I think probably because I, you know, I'm, older and i'm able to appreciate like kind of like slower oh yeah. um just music you know in general that they're just good songs so what they do really well that you have to give credit to like if you go see them live there's this huge mixture in like demographic because there's 20 somethings mm-hmm. there's also dudes who are like in their 50s like they yeah. have yep. this huge spectrum of like dudes who are like saw the replacements and black flag in the 80s and like yeah. We're into that stuff back in the day who were like, oh, shit, it's like it is like that because they yeah. are. They love all that stuff. Yep. All those dudes are influenced by it. So you get that older crowd who get what they're doing. And then you also get the younger people who are yeah. into it. They have this like really anytime I've seen them. And it's awesome because they always get bigger, too. Every time you go see them, the venues yeah. get bigger. Yep. And it's always this huge demographic, which I go, that's the best thing you could ask for. Yep. You yep. know Exactly. And they've been around for a long time. Too, oh, they've been around so. since like 06. Yeah. They're one of those bands you don't think about because even I like, like I love On the Impossible Past. I think that's their best record. But honestly, I did the same thing as you. I had heard a few songs for years. It was like, ah, they're okay. Like I don't hate it, but I'm like, yep. this is okay. Yeah. And then maybe like 2015, uh, when Rented World came out, I heard a couple songs. I'm like, all right, I got to pay more attention to this. And then I saw them live, and then it changed. I'm like, yep. oh shit! Like this band, I started hearing more of the deeper cuts. And I'm like, oh, like yep. I get what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And they're just really good songwriters. Um. And I think that uh, that's another good example. Have you ever heard the uh, on the Impossible Pass demos that they released? It's uh-uh. it's like a, you basically just have to go find the MP3s now. They released it as like a cassette years ago. Yeah, but it's it's like six songs off that record, but just acoustic, and it sounds like it's on a four track or something. It sounds like it's recorded in a bedroom, lo-fi, but 
it's again you kind of strip back these songs yeah and it's like holy some of the songs on there i think are better than they are on the record i go it's haunting yeah yeah like sun hotel is one of them and, and they change it up a little it's not just like the uh, one on the impossible pass but it's like you listen and you go my god the song is haunting like it's yeah. not just a punk song it's like i feel something totally different than what i do from the yeah. electric one yeah chris Rowe from the ataris is really big on like releasing chris. demos and stuff like that and having like these stripped down versions of the songs um i just i remember like hearing i you know t- just tons of of their songs like he- hearing these versions that were like recorded like on a four track tape in the back of a van. I bought a Fostex. I have the same exact four track that he recorded all his old demos on because yeah. I love the sound of yeah. that. I found one. I asked him on Twitter. I'm like, what is the specific one you do those mm-hmm. on? Like, what are all those ones you did in like hotel rooms? He's like, Fostex, yeah. whatever. And, yeah. and I bought one. I, I've used it. I, I've made nothing as good as yeah. him. But it does it does have that sound yeah. of like yep. '90s made on a cassette the, in like a bedroom. There's a button that just says nostalgia, and you gotta like <laughs> yeah, you just push, gotta yeah, turn it turn all it the way till it breaks yeah. off. A little more nostalgia in the <laughs> nostalgia. I guess that's true because at the time he's doing it, and it's like it's just because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing it. It's like well, now I want it to sound like something. Yeah. You know, you are right. It, it is very nostalgia. Yeah chase in the past there it's funny though uh i was just thinking too as you mentioned that like with demos i remember i think for the 10th anniversary of so long astoria on Bandcamp. i don't know if it's still up there i think it got pulled he had like 50 demo it was just yeah. a collection of like 50 like anything you could think of there were there were just instrumentals there were demos but without like bass there was yep. one just without yeah. like <laughs> so specific like but i love that because you can tell he's such a music fan Oh, he yeah. probably loves it. He's yep. the kind of dude who probably buys box sets when it comes out, and it's like here, yep. here, fifty different versions yeah. of a demo of this song, exactly. and it's like no one else gives a shit, but this dude does. Yeah, and, and I think he yep. knows that. So yep. I, I appreciate that he releases all that. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely, definitely good on that fan service of like yeah. any any little random morsel that you know. If you if you're a fan of a band, you know that kind of stuff. It's cool to, to oh, hear, you know. So um, I think at the end of uh, so no effects is uh, wolves and wolves clothing. I want to say there's some some demos of like random stuff, like of like a you know voice memo kind of thing where oh, you, you yeah, can yeah, hear yeah. him like kind of like working on the song, like kind of like writing the part as oh, yeah, as he's yeah. going. And um, after are you talking like at the end of the song where you like it's let like it a hidden play track. for like yeah. five ten minutes or yeah. whatever. Um, and that kind of stuff is really cool. iTunes me. ruined that. Yeah. Now you can see. Now when you see it, the last track is like forty minutes, you go, "Oh, mm-hmm. there's a hit." Oh, okay, it's a hidden track. I remember back in the day leaving it on, and all of a sudden I, I had CDs where I never realized it. And you're like, "What the? Like what the hell?" All of a sudden something starts playing. Yeah, yeah. I um I did that on a couple of uh, a couple of my EPs. I would nice. like do either um either like a hidden track or like um have like 20 minutes of silence and then like a drunken voicemail from like my, one of my friends or whatever and like just throw that on there just as a a little bonus but you know people it's it, it works better and like on tape yeah. it doesn't really work or or even like C- cd but like it doesn't really work for like the way that we consume music now not digitally hidden hidden track like people really are just hidden. like Duh, I'm like trying to work out and I got my playlist on. This stupid song has 20 minutes of silence at the end. Jesus. 
I hate that because I'll I'll like if I get playlists for the radio show going, I'll put songs on and I'm kind of looking at the top at like what the time is because like you know you don't want to play too much music, so I'll get it together and I'll go, what the hell? It says like this playlist of like 15 songs is like. I don't know, like really much longer than 15. Yep. And then you look and there's like, you put like the last song and album on and there's like hidden 10 track. minutes of silence. Yeah, yep. like that goddamn hidden tracks on there. Yep. I'm going to have to cut it. Yep, yep. No effects. I know did that on so long and thanks for all the shoes. There's like at the end, I think it's, if you listen long enough, it's like Howard Stern bashing yeah. him. He's like yeah. listening to them on air like, this ain't rocking. Yeah. Um, that, that always like bummed me out the most because uh, the the best in my opinion the best song on the album is the last song <laughs> falling in love and uh and in fact i used to like i used to cover it like oh nice acoustic me and my buddy rich um we used to play out and um we would cover that acoustic and um it's always my favorite and that whenever i put it on a playlist i'm like <laughs> i gotta skip I got to skip the end because, of course, I know, like, it's just going to be silence and then stupid Howard Stern talking <laughs> at the at the end of it, bashing them. But um, I think yeah. it was I think it was Man Overboard who did it on their CD, like in the middle of it. It sounds like a record, just like when you just let a record play mm-hmm. and there's just no music. Mm-hmm. And in theory, that sounds cool until you're listening to it. And there's just like three minutes of like just a record just hitting the last groove or whatever. Yeah. And there's just nothing. It's just static and popping. That's in the middle of the CD? Yes, because it's supposed to be side like A, a to up. side B. So the copyrights did that. Um, they did it. Man, I forget what um, what album it was. But they they have like, it's not, it's not that. And it, there's not like silence. But it's like the end of one song in the middle of the album there's like a tape, like you can hear a tape cassette like being popped out and then flipped over and then crunched back into the nice. to the player and then the next song starts. So it's kind of like, I guess it's similar, but it's not as annoying because there's no silence. I can't think of what copyrights record that on is on, but that they're a great. Is band. it make you, sound? You, Maybe it's make sound. Maybe it's that one. Mm-hmm. When you when you sent that that playlist earlier, I, I know they were on it. That's uh, I love yeah, that band. That's and I song, forget about them. A uh, song from. Uh, the song Crutches from uh, North Sentinel Island. I think that's which, their best album. Yeah, yeah, that one's really, really good. Um, I, I randomly found it for a dollar in Erie one day. It sealed. It was brand new for a dollar, and I think I had heard their name before. And I'm like, yeah. what? Or I think I even just saw Red Scare, I think, put it out. So I'm like, Red yep. Scare always puts out. Like, anything Toby puts out, I'm like, it's probably good. Exactly. Masked so Intruder. Oh, my God. Like, everything. Like, I to this day, if he puts it out, I have to go listen to him because I'm oh, like, yeah. Right away. Have you have you listened to Heart and Lung? That's like I think one of the. Mm-mm. They're from Cleveland, and they've really? been a band for a while. But he just re-released their album from like 2017. Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds just like like if you like copyrights, dopamines, dear landlord, yep. mixtape, yeah. that that Midwest pop punk. Yeah, they. I mean, they hit the nail on the head. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Check them out. They got a new record coming out this year. I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm I've I'm kicking myself that I'm just hearing this band. Yeah. Last year, because it's like they were right up the road like they yep. were how many times did i miss them playing mahal's or the right. grog shop or something yeah you know? yeah i um i saw the copyrights play in erie one Ooh. uh one year it was i think right after learn the hard way came out so it was a while while ago um and i drove there and thought i was going to be super late and of course when you think you're going to be late you're like the first person <laughs> at the club so I got there, um, they were playing at the Crooked Eye, and um, 
there was like a couple other bands playing, but it was it was like me and like five other people it's at it. this show. And I was like, I was like, how is nobody here at the copyright show in Erie, Pennsylvania? And they were like, they were like, well, this is our first time playing here, so like nobody <laughs> nobody here knows who we are. So I I was like. You know, I felt bad for them, but I yeah. felt awesome for me because I was like just standing there in front of the stage, just drinking and screaming their lyrics oh, yeah. right back at them. That was that was a super fun show. I feel it. I've and I will I will to make you feel better. I saw them in 2016 in Cleveland, and they had a pretty good they had a pretty good audience actually. Yeah, yeah. like more more people because I wasn't sure. Like I don't know I didn't know how to gauge how big they were. I don't know anyone else. Besides you, who listens yep. to the copyright, so I'm yeah. like, I don't know how big this will be, but they they filled up the uh, basement at Mahal's, yeah. which was just, uh, I mean, just absolutely awesome. I wanted, oh my god, I just had a thought too. What did I want to bring up? You were just talking about, and you just gave me, oh, the Crooked Eye. Yeah. Um, how, is that the only show you've ever been there? Like, how is that as a venue? Because I I'm still salty. I don't think they're open anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they closed. I'm salty. I wanted to go see Mustard Plug there. Yeah, a week before I turned twenty-one, and it was a twenty-one and up show, and I could not get in. And then, then I had to wait like five years to see Mustard Plug, so I was salty. But I, I, I've always wondered what the Crooked Eye was like. Crooked Eye, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a it's, shitty dive bar. It's was a that venue. It was? It's a venue. Oh, okay, it was um, a venue. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a dive bar, but you know, it's I mean, shitty venue. in the best way. I mean, a dive bar for a concert should be shitty. I don't it's, want a clean. I don't it, want a clean dive bar. It's fine. I mean, it's like it's not like the Mohawk place in Buffalo, you know, oh, okay. where there's that, like stickers and flyers all. That's over a standard and, for me. Like Mohawk and Grog Shop are kind of like gold standards. So like that's yeah. what I want it to look. like. You don't like. want to drop your phone on the bathroom floor, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, that kind of place. Yeah. I want kind of open doors with your elbows. Zero soap in the yep. soap. Like, and, yeah. and maybe now, maybe they'll change that. But pre-COVID, yeah. never had hand soap. Yeah, sink yeah. probably didn't work half the time. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> Dirty venues didn't even stand a chance as soon as COVID hit. But. I wonder if they'll come back. Yeah. Because I miss a dirty venue. I don't miss arenas and stuff. I miss getting, like, beer spilled on me and people's mm-hmm. dirty sweat and odor all over you from, like, moshing and jumping around. And, yeah. like, that's what I miss. I don't I don't miss yeah. the big shows I get. Well, I do. I just miss shows. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, people people are probably going to once things kind of like settle down and and the dust clears i think people are just going to be like you know what it's time life's too short let's do a let's do a dirty punk show <laughs> dirty, a dirty bar dirty nasty greasy punk like, show please you know wash your hands and don't come if you're <laughs> sick you know like don't i think that's what the past year has taught yeah, us like basically don't just use common sense um and we'll all be better off but um I think people will kind of get to the point where they're just like, yeah, we definitely need to have this happen. People and talk let's figure about, out how to make it work. People talk about like a new normal or whatever, like once it's all done and stuff. And I think there's a window for that. But at some point, I think we'll all just regress to it just is a natural thing where it's not month one that everyone starts going to those nasty dot. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But at some point, three years down the road, we're not still all going to be we can't do that. You know? Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's probably going to be certain things like, uh, you know, as far as like how close or on top of everyone else, like you're, you want to stand as far as like just 
giving them some space you know well, it's kind of like that grocery store thing you just like, bring up a point i never thought of which now is in a way i guess a bummer but i'm now thinking we may have barricades at small like like a mohawk place or something, somewhere yeah. where you would never have barricades right. I'm wondering right. if we're now going to have a, like a six foot barricade in between. Well, probably the venues that are that are, um, I guess, big enough to have a show, but not so small that like they're kind of off the grid. You know, there's there's always going to be like those DIY venues yeah. that are just like nobody. You don't have to wash nobody, your hands. Here. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> worried about what we're doing here. But you know, once you get bigger and and you know any anybody knows like this place is here and there's going to be a concert here you know you've got you've got the address on the flyer yeah, you're not, you know like like house, maybe we you're should, the house of blues just in case let's maybe have some protocols happening here but you know i think we'll kind of come to a, a good middle point you yeah. know eventually where where everything's just kind of where we're allowed to enjoy the things that we used to be able to, it just kind of like looks a tiny bit different and yeah. it's a little bit safer and cleaner. There, there was a big article. I I've not read it yet today, but I know it came out. I saw a bunch of bands like retweeting and stuff about like the future of live shows mm-hmm. and what I was getting without reading it. I could be totally wrong, but what I was getting from, from what people were saying is that again, kind of like this, it's going to be a slow transition. It's not going to be just all of a sudden one day, yep. all shows are open. It's like, it may slowly transform it, but the idea that even in, say, a year, it will just be this one way, like just cut and dry, z- zero chance. Well, maybe they'll do like the, the you know, HBO and Disney Plus kind of situation where they're like releasing movies in theaters, but also on like on demand I've at the same time you have to i think so, when it comes back you have to do that so maybe there's going to be like you know you you pay t- to go see no effects and they're putting on a show but like you know the people who don't want to risk it or can't make it or whatever they got to work early they can also you know pay 10 bucks and watch the and stream it online yeah i don't think live streams will go away i still i think that's something that will be integrated yeah i think that may stay like for good i could see that being a thing so you know kind of like bring shows into the future and and you know people are allowed to like stay home in their pajamas but still enjoy it you know and you know eat popcorn and drink wine and sit on their couch which that's the thing i feel like there's (laughs) so many people who would want like I yeah. I think after all this is done, there there's an untapped market of people who's like, I don't want to get a babysitter, I don't want to have to get dressed, I don't have to do this and that. Yeah. I want to sit on my couch and watch you. Like I'll yeah. watch you from my local venue. Like I'll pay ten dollars, it'll be cheaper than a ticket. Yep. I'll watch you from the place I love, but I have work in the morning mm-hmm. and you know, I don't want to spend all this money. And then, you, you know, know, figure out how to get home and all that yeah. stuff. Like um, especially like with with concerts, we live in a, a weird area where we're we're accessible to all of these bigger cities that you know bands used to be able to tour to. Um, that's within like driving distance, but it's oh, yeah. also like like well now I'm all tired after the show and I got to drive two and a half hours from Cleveland back home. So it's like you know that's even even from Buffalo like that's. It's kind of a hike. It's not yeah. that bad, but like when it's one in the morning and you're just like completely exhausted. Oh yeah, you know, like I, I'm starving. 
I skipped dinner to yeah, <laughs> to yeah. go to the show. I really don't want to have to go to McDonald's right now. It's uh, well, I was actually about to bring that up. You bring up a good point. Is also just location because we're in a place where it also becomes that too. Where if you want to go to a show, it becomes more than just like what I loved about when I lived in Minneapolis. And I never had that in my entire life, but I could get out of work at four o'clock, go home, have dinner mess around and just go to a show at night. I just like, I'm yep. going to go to the show. I'm just going to drive five minutes, go to the show with us. If you want to go to a show, you got to plan it it's out. The whole you, thing. You got to make sure you can get there. A yep. lot of times that means leaving work or school or something early. You know, it means ditching something. Yep. If you're hungry while you're up there parking, like it becomes a thing where too, the concert tickets, like the cheapest thing at the end, even if you're not yeah. spending a lot of money, like just gas, like, like just, you know, everything like you said too. It does at like one a.m. It can it can be yeah. That, that's why I love Erie, and I wish Erie had more venues because that's the perfect one. Yep. Forty yep. minutes in and out, I'm yep. good. Show can end at eleven. I can be in bed by like twelve ten. Yep. I can be home, sleep. Like yep. That's a beauty. So I think live streams for that too. Just people like us who you're in Jamestown. Bands aren't coming here. I yep. can't go to Cleveland tonight, but I'll pay ten dollars. I'm not getting any younger. Yeah, like <laughs> you know. But I, I do miss it because I, I brought it up to you earlier when you sent me that playlist. But it's like you had you had like mixtapes and copyrights and just different bands where I'm like you just it makes me miss. Yeah, including even more like in my college days, just doing that of like weekends or not weekends, just skipping class, driving up there, hitting a show. I mean, Cleveland has really. I, I start thinking about it, it has probably my favorite venues. Like all yeah. my favorites are there. So mm-hmm. what, whatever show it is. Going and seeing shows, driving back at night, stopping at like the Waffle House. Like I have ritual blasting yeah. saves the day on the way home. That's always yep. I gotta listen to through being cool. That is every time I leave yeah. Cleveland at night, like midnight, I blast that shit down the interstate. Yep. Like I just have rituals, and it's like I miss that because it's even more than just the show. It's like yeah. all the other stuff that goes yeah. with it. It's the yeah, it's it's the whole you know process of it. And I uh, my road trip album is. Um, Frenzel Rom, actually, um, the two latest Frenzel Rom albums are perfect for road trips because those are such high energy songs. They're oh, yeah. they're freaking incredible. They've got just fast screamy songs. They've got the fast melodic songs. They've got kind of mid tempo songs. Though definitely, if you haven't checked out the the two most recent, it's the most recent the one where it's like people. I think they're like. They're wearing like construction hats. Yeah. I think. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. that, that's a great record. Uh, I think it's High V High High T. High T. Or yes, yeah. yeah, it is. It has a weird ass name. It's like High V High T. And um, yeah, that one. It's a great record. It's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. I don't think I heard the one before it. Um, Smoko at the pet food factory or something like that. I did then. Yes, yeah. I, I, I yeah. remember that. I remember that title. Um, yeah, they're. That's both of those albums have like some incredible songs um, on them, but um, yeah, I mean Fat Records. You know, you can't Always. go wrong with with some great Fat Records. They're albums. up there with Red Scare. Where it's like if, if Fat's gonna put it out, I have to listen to it. Like I have to give it a listen. And a lot of times I'll yep. buy the record without ever hearing it because it's just like they're not gonna throw you something totally weird. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, there's a quality there where it's like, all right, if Fat Mike's releasing it. I'm probably gonna like it. it. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're they're kind of exclusive. There was a, I I think there was a time in the early 2000s where it got a little <laughs> bit funky. Yeah. But um, you know, for the most part, they've been really consistent. 
I think like that's and I'm not talking shit on Epitaph either because I mean obviously it's worked out great for them. But, like they're one where like if an if an album came out on Epitaph from say like ninety something, basically the nineties. Mm-hmm. If if I find a record that says Epitaph on it from the nineties, I've never even heard the band. I'll buy it because they had the same thing. Oh, yeah. Not so much now, but again, it's not even – I'm not even shitting on them. They just do such different things that you're not guaranteed yeah. – it's the same. I mean, they have Falling in Reverse and they also have Bad Religion. You know, and I, I don't even know yeah. if Falling in Reverse is a band still, but basically that. Right. They have those neon, heavy, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot Topic core bands. They also have like punk bands from the 90s, so you right. just don't know. It's not the same kind of thing where you can just pick it up and it be this amazing like punk record. I want to say the new Lawrence Arms album was on Epitaph. That was on Epitaph. Too. Yeah. Or so. wait, was it Fat? No, they released that Best of, didn't yeah. they? And then they went uh-huh. back on Epitaph. You're yep. right. I think so. I think so. Larry Arms, I feel like they're only if they're not on Fat, they're on Epitaph, they're on Asian Man. Those are like the yeah. three that release yep. all Larry Arms stuff. If it ain't one, it's the other. Yeah. I think I mean, a, a really uh, good pop punk one from last year, Attic Salt. I don't know if you ever. You yeah, ever yeah, um, the, yeah. I definitely remember checking that out, but I'm trying to remember what. It's like they, a yeah. solid, just like uh-huh. I think the whole album's like twenty. It's one of those where it's like it's a twenty-four minute album. Yeah, like you can listen to it and like really like even if you're not a fan of a song, it's over before yep. you know what I mean. Like, but the whole thing's good, and it's just. I feel like it's kind of like we were talking about. I don't feel like they went in the studio and overthought it. Mm-hmm. it. Sounds like everyone just played their one part. There wasn't a lot of like, we have to go add layers of vocals or guitars and stuff. It's like, it's just really simple. I could see them playing that shit like in a basement somewhere. Yeah. And it just yeah. sounding like it does on record. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of like pop punk bands that just, that works so well. I mean, yeah. it's, it's such a... Uh, simple and straightforward format that you know what you have on the record is exactly what you're going to get in the live show and it's not overthought and it's just you know it's the perfect kind of type of energy for for the live format or you know listening to you know mixtapes uh like on your playlist mixtapes on there i think that's one of the reasons why they're one of my favorite bands it's the simplest shit. Like you can yeah. le- you can sit there and learn a mixtape song as you're listening to it. Yeah, you can yeah. strum on your guitar and you have the whole. Th- and they said that forever, which was also funny because I remember when they were putting stuff out, some critics would say that like this is the easiest stuff, this and that. And it's like, well, you're missing the point. Who gives a shit that right. you can play it? Right. And in a way, I like that I can play it. It's more accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of band I, and you hear that a lot with punk rock, where it's like, I didn't want to play guitar because I can't play like Jimmy Page. But when you find Say Dude Ranch, random of the state. You can yep. play like Tom DeLonge over the weekend. Yep. You know yep. what I mean. You can buy a guitar and sound like Tom DeLonge in three hours. Yep. So it's yep. like, you know, some. I think that accessibility. I mean, I like it as a listener, and I just also like that where I'm like, it's not pretentious. They went in, they wrote these really heartfelt songs. These chords worked with it. They didn't yeah. throw like synthesizers in or some yep. weird ass thing. Yep. You know. Yep. Now on the reverse side of that, because I was thinking about this um, today. Um, you know, there's there's like the pop punk that's that's super simple and, you know, has melodies that I think everybody can enjoy. And it's just kind of like overall this this, you know, enjoyable experience is almost like kind of like dessert. Like everybody's just kind of like, oh, yeah, of course. This Sweet. is great. Yeah. It's just kind of giving me that that right amount of sugary sweetness. And, uh, you know, on the reverse side of that, you have like bands who are really like technical that you know you almost kind of need to like challenge your brain like 
bands like like Propagandi. That was the first or, one I just had in my head when you uh, said that. Adrenalized or Forest. Wilhelm um, Scream. A Wilhelm Scream, like yeah. And um, even like like uh, RX Bandits. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Those guys. Jesus. Yeah. Like, they're, they're not even – it still blows my mind. Like, they'd be the best band. Like, as far as being able to play your instrument, I don't know another band on Drive Through yeah. ever could play. And I love Drive Through, but, I mean, just realistically – those are like the greatest guys at all their respected instruments. I didn't even know that there was anything but four four time until I listened <laughs> to the were... RX Bandits, and I was like, "Oh, there's other time signatures. Wow, this is crazy!" And, and it's good too. They can oh, go yeah. like weird ass places, and you like it. You go, "No, go yeah. ahead and experiment. Yeah. Like it's it's fine." They they have kind of like perfected that like that like jammy kind of flow flowiness of like a song that that works so well yeah and you know they're one of my they're one of my favorite like i i you know you call them a ska band but that's not giving them enough credit they're like they're like virtuosos well here's another question that's almost like the blink thing again where it goes there was a time where they were ska do they even consider it's one of those things it's like are we still a ska band or we're a ska band 15 years ago or whatever you know what i mean it's just like you know placeholder title because it's just like they're they're just a band with like they're like musicians musicians yeah. you know like they're they're a band that's really fun to listen to from from the musician's point of view oh and just, absolutely and, you know being able to play their instruments so well just makes you appreciate their their music so much more because it's like wow that is very tricky to play that's a crazy time signature and you're like you're somehow also working in a super catchy vocal melody on top of it um their latest album um gemini her majesty yeah is like that's that's one of my favorite all-time albums i that's got to be one of the one of the you know most listened to since that that came out that's that's got to be on my at least top five most listened to albums over, since it came out. They're another one that we're long awaiting another one. Cause that one's been out for a while. I feel like they're in the studio. Really? I, That'd be I, nice. would, I mean, I always see um, Matt, their singer. He's kind of like posts like videos of him, like riffing around and stuff on Instagram. And so I'm hoping that at some that point they something. kind of, he's like, oh, this should be our expanded stuff. So oh, yeah. hopefully, you know, hopefully at some point they, uh, they're definitely on my wish list for a new album coming out. It's funny you bring up the musician thing too, because they're one, like going back to like drive through. I think if you asked other bands who toured with them or played in that era, they'll say that like our expanded one of their favorite bands, one of the best they ever saw live. But it doesn't seem like other people picked up on like regular yep. drive through fans and stuff yep. where it's like they'd play with those bands, but it seems like the bands themselves they were playing with were the ones who got it, right. not the audience as right. much, sadly. Right. Like just criminal criminally underrated. E- extremely. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. which which and to be fair too, I feel like they've carved out a great like little niche for themselves. Because even like that last record, I think they crowdfunded it and mm-hmm. I think it went nuts. Like people yeah. right away it got funded. It's like yep. people want a new RX band. That's not a hard yep. one to try to pull people's arms. Like, yep. yes, here's the money. Yep. Go make us another one. You know. <laughs> please. Please. That they're they are uh yeah, that's another great band that I think, yeah, we should get something, hopefully mm-hmm. sometime soon. So um, you know, I No Use for a Name has always been one of my favorite Classic. bands. They're I mean I wear their influences on my sleeve if you listen to 
um, any of my music, you're going to hear <laughs> definitely slide. huge, huge, yeah, no use for a name and no effects in Lagwagon, but definitely no use for a name influences. No um, use has that too where with Tony Sly stuff where you strip it back and you go, oh my God. Like, he may be like the best lyricist on fat. Yeah, like if yeah. you look back at those, he may have been the best yep. of all the fat bands lyrically. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, I, I think that all of their songs just they they work so well and they're so well crafted um and um so matt riddle is like one of my favorite bass players he's he's actually in this new band called fire sale um i've seen that with the dude it's the um they're like the a dude, super group, aren't they? Yeah, it's the the guy from the the one that one time on tour podcast. Oh yeah, 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 Chris. Yeah, yeah. It's him and Matt Riddle and like a couple other dudes. I think like someone from like Protest the Hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so they're they're working on a new album right now. Oh, that'd be yeah, rad. That I think that's supposed to come out in April. So that should be good. I've seen them yeah. teasing. I haven't heard anything, but I have yep. seen Matt and uh, Chris tease stuff online. Yep. Um, this band called the Softer Side. Oh, they're um, good. They're yeah, good. they're you turned they're really me on great. to them. I think. Yeah, they're they had um their last EP was called um, uh, what was it called? The softer side, um, fire rise from the embers. Um, that EP is incredible from front to back. Um, and then they're working on a new album right now too. Oh, sweet! And they're they're super cool dudes. Um, this band from the tracks. Is they're from, I think they're from a bunch of places in Europe, but they're like this like super fast melodic punk band. Um, they're recording a new album, and um, the dude from did you, have you checked out uh, Symphony of Distraction? I put one of their songs on the playlist that I sent no, you. No, but they're a super them. super fast like pop punk band. Um, the dude, the singer of that band, has a like a. It's not an acoustic. It's just like a solo project called Lonely Bunker, and um, he's he like made it this this mission to like record like forty songs in 2021, oh, and so he's just every geez. every couple of weeks he's just like putting out a new like solo song, whether it be like a cover song or an original or a symphony of distraction song or whatever just, just kind of something. like just recording something and putting putting out a song every couple That's of cool. weeks which is super cool and um they've got he's in the singer of the band symphony of distraction and um their old band was called um second shot and they've got like three albums out i would recommend checking out any any of the the albums from either of those bands those are that's like right up my alley just super uh accessible melodies over really fast punk rock you know <laughs> drums and it's you can't beat that you know oh i love that again it's like that simple fun it's like it reminds you why you got into the genre in the first place reminds mm-hmm. you like the early stuff you're like oh yeah just it's fun it's yeah. a fun it's easy to get into you know i i love that stuff i'm looking forward to i don't know if you're a homegrown fan but uh, yeah. Adam from Homegrown's doing more stuff now, just kind really? of more kind of in that vein really? of just the old school pop punk stuff. And I'm, cool. I'm excited to see another dude from that era. His voice, I got to say, his voice has not changed. He sounds really because he's been doing Homegrown covers, too, on his Instagram. He's a good follow. On yeah. That. Yeah. I voice think I sounds saw the that. same. Dude yeah. Sounds 
like it's 2003 still. Like yeah. he, like he's hitting those songs from Kings of Pop, nice. and you're like, my God. Plus, I'm excited. Is there a band who, like, at the end of their of their whole thing, they like had demos released and stuff, and they were amazing. It was so. They're one of those bands where you're very sad that you never got to see what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Because they were on the verge of something cool where it was... And at the time, now you listen to it and it sounds kind of like the stuff that was coming out in 2006. But when they were doing it, like predated that, and it's like, oh my God, like this is really something different. Kind of what post-hardcore and like pop-punk bands who went kind of heavier, like the second second half of that decade, you know, all kind of did what they did. But when you look at when they put that out, it's like, holy shit, they were on to something. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and you know, unfortunately, like that's when as bands get older, not only do they like develop their sound, like learn their instruments better, and and kind of hit their stride creatively, but then also, you know, you get older and life kind of hits you, and other things happen. I mean, it's the same reason why like Dillinger Four only puts out an album every like twelve years yeah. because they they're priorities kind of shift from being in a band and pouring all of their energy into that to like okay well you know maybe i need to like get a job and or maybe they got married and had kids and you know things kind of end up slowing down so as a fan it kind of sucks but like they're also people yeah they have lives outside like but you are right. It's like we want a Dillinger 4 record more than Dillinger 4 does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're sitting yeah. here anticipating it. There, Patty's not sitting at home going, fuck, why, yeah. where's the next Dillinger? Like that's what the world needs. Yeah. We need another. Like he doesn't. That's yeah. that's so far down the list because you're right. I mean, I think they own a bar. Two of them, I think, run a bar, uh, Grumpy's, I think, in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. They do that. I mean, I think all of them have kids. Like they're yeah. all 40, yeah. maybe even into their 50s or getting there. Like they got lives. Dillinger yep. 4 is not, and it's not their job either anymore. They play right. shows from time to time, but they're not out touring and shit. Exactly. Like, it's, it's not, it's not a, a, you know, it's just not, people have to realize that. And I, I've done that more as I've gotten older, but it's easy as a fan to be like, I want the, you know, I want new music and I it's, want this. Yeah, especially they this day lives. and age. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's, they have lives, they have shit to do. It's like, we want it more than they do. And it's like, yeah. you got to be realistic. It's like, they, yep. including bands where it's like, you've been, you've been gone for so long. It's like. That band has moved on from the album you love from ten years ago. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. It's uh-huh. a harsh reality. You got to yep. remind yourself sometimes. Yep. But they're not sending home going, man. We got to do another. It's yep. just us. <laughs> Except for Pennywise. <laughs> Pennywise. <laughs> they'll they'll put out they'll, the album that you want. They'll 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 do it. They'll make they'll make sure it's like that. Twenty 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 two. Yeah, exactly. you're Pennywise. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I think this has been a uh, good talk because we kind of like settle here one thing i did want to ask earlier like as we're talking about that 30p and stuff and yeah you wanting to approach differently and stuff do you have an idea of when you're going to put it out or is that just kind of like i'll get to it when i is it dillinger four yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like, like uh, yeah i don't have any any deadline or expectations for myself i just kind of um you know i i want to take it in stride um pace myself kind of get a better vision as far as how I want to record it, you know, whether I want to do it myself um, or if I want to go into a studio or something like that, I'll probably end up doing it myself. But um, I also kind of got into the weeds of uh, kind of replacing the uh, electronics and the pickups on my bass and my guitar. And so, you know, of course that kind of turned into one thing and the other thing and kind of delaying the process. But, um, 
you know, I want it to be, I don't, I don't want it to be, like I said before, I don't want it to be, um, you know, a repeat of the Fever Dream EP. Um, I want it to be its own kind of special thing and have its own kind of special and unique sound. So um, I'm definitely going to take my time with it and um, make sure that it's the quality that I want to be able to put out for these songs. That's, I mean, and, and that's a better thing because once you put the album out, it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's better to think it out, put out what you want instead of release it and go, oh, that's not that's like not what I had in mind. Right. You and know, I do have um, I do have a demo of the um, of one of the songs on it called Abandonment. Um, it's on my Bandcamp page, joeycobra.bandcamp.com. Um, so you can check that out. And then there's also another demo on there um, called Transcendence um, that I released in 2018. So um, if you scroll down, you can find that one too. It's just super rough demo I put together on my iPhone when I found <laughs> out it had GarageBand on it. So, oh, nice. um, so you can check both of those demos out. Um, those will be on the, the new EP. And then um, there's going to be... Um, uh, a punk version of an acoustic track that I uh, put out in 2011 on a split acoustic e- uh, EP with my buddy Joel Murray. Um, so it's it's like a full band version of one of those songs. Um, and uh, a cover of a bracket song. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, a couple other a couple other ones, so it's probably going to be maybe six, seven, eight songs. Nice, another EP. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I don't think I have a a full album in me. No, see, you're not far off though. You're only you're only a couple songs. Yeah, I mean, it's it takes a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of commitment, and I think the way that people consume music now, I guess I just don't have. Maybe if I had like the the personal vision of like this album is you know my my complete vision, yeah, and I need to like put it out as an album, but like you know if I don't really care, I guess there's not really I might as well just if there's not a concept there it's yeah. something to follow, yeah, that's true. If you say like, hey, here's a collection of songs. They work together and stuff. Yeah, it yeah. probably is better to be like, here you go. I don't want to add songs just to just, just to, to say like, oh, it's, it's an album. Throw like a 30-second <laughs> intro on there. There's one. Then, tra- there you well, go. Well, it actually track. is going to have a 30-second intro oh, song. Oh, nice. I, I kind of I started like going through all of the uh, like 90s, early 2000s like punk songs that I just love the, the vibe of mm-hmm. and like made a playlist of those to uh, – to kind of like inspire this the the EP the sound of the EP and i was like it would be really cool to do a 30 second just super fast intro song and, oh it's a uh, song song though yeah oh that's a, i was talking more like just sounds oh just so this is real noises. this is a legitimate song. yeah <laughs> i meant intro i meant like when you just hit like a key on a keyboard for like yeah. 30 seconds oh yeah just like ambiance kind of noise yeah yep. basically it's like there's uh-huh. one track yep there we go. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to have a 30-second song on there. Um, I like that. I love short songs. Yeah, yeah. I, I always kind of wanted to, like, do one, but um, that one, actually, that one, I haven't. 
I've got it written, but I haven't written the lyrics to it yet. So, you know, at some point I'll end up getting that and throwing it together. But, um, yeah, probably, hopefully within the next year, I'll have the EP out. Um, you know, I've, you know, got a kid, so it's, yeah, you stay busy. I don't think anyone will blame you for taking a while. It's, it's tricky. And also, you know, you don't want to like rush it just because you have yeah. to. So, um, and it's not like I've got a, a record label or anything like breathing so if down you don't my neck. Have to, yeah, don't yeah. rush it if you don't have to. It's yeah. like that makes no sense. So, um, so yeah, the the songs are there. Um, I'll just be uh, slowly kind of piecing them together over the next year, and and hopefully have it out at some point in twenty twenty one. Sweet, yeah, that'd be cool. So, and then also your Bandcamp, like you mentioned that earlier, uh, you can find like all your EPs and stuff there, right? That's the place to go if you want your music. Yep, yep. Um, I you can find um, Fever Dream. Um. Way Too Many Mistakes, which is the most recent EP, and um, actually Wake, No Burden. You can find those oh, all on on um, Bandcamp. You can find those on Spotify and Apple Music and all the main. And then um, I've got a couple more like acoustic EPs and demos and stuff like that on my Bandcamp page exclusively. So um, if you do head there, you're going to find music. It's that the best you, place to find. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that, too, because I'm like, that's more of a direct support. I feel like bands and artists get more out of that than, say, I mean, Spotify, people use it. But it's like, if you can choose one or the other, that's their own. Band camp. Yeah, and the, and the bands are in control yeah. of of that page. Like, that's their own kind of personal, like, hub. So, um, and all of, all of my music is on there for free. So, you know, you can download it all if you want to. Like, everything that I've done since, you know. 2010 or whatever so music um, on there yeah so actually maybe earlier than that because i think the cobra brothers album is on there too which is that's pretty dog shit to listen to so (laughs) check out everything else but that one is you had to you had to be there you had to be see now now though maybe you'll get people to go listen to it's like well now i should be that bad yeah They'll compare it. Well, it'll make everything else sound a lot better. There you go. <laughs> listen to this and then go listen to the new stuff. Yeah. You'll have a newfound appreciation yeah. for my for my music. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, like like that, you want to tell people like where they can follow you. Your art, too. I mean, just, just now. Sure. Any, any of that fun shit. Sure. Yeah. Instagram. So I'm an, on Instagram for music. It's uh, at uh, Joey Cobra Music. So Joey underscore cobra underscore music and then my art is instagram it's uh joseph underscore grice underscore art so joseph grice art and joey cobra music um my website is joseph art, and uh you can find me on facebook too sweet yeah all right well there there is that if you were listening to the podcast uh, we will play some songs here for a second and close it up. So my little fun plugs, follow us at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we are on Spotify. Maybe you're listening to this on Spotify. We put up the uh, playlist there from the radio show every week. You can check that out. Rate and review us on uh, iTunes, any of those good places. Send me a screenshot. I'll send you a Power Chord Hour t-shirt. And uh, check it out. We're, we're doing this in uh, the WRFA studios right now. But I always try to try to get that out there. WRFA, very, very rad station here in Jamestown, New York. I don't give a shit where you're listening right now. You can listen online, WRFALP.com. I got to throw that in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I also got to thank them. They're the whole reason we can, like, do this right now, you mm-hmm. know? You know? So, uh, 
Yeah, very good. If you're listening to that, that is going to be or the podcast. We will uh, play a few songs here. I'll get your uh, – might ask you a few that you want to play, but I will play something right. off uh, Way Too Many Mistakes. And if you're listening to the radio show, we got time for some more, so stay tuned. But uh, right now on the Power Chord Hour, off Joey Cobra's EP, Way Too Many Mistakes, here is The Road.
What's up? This is Joey Cobra, and you're listening to the Power Chord Hour. <laughs> 